You can now hear Movie Heaven Movie Hell on Stitcher. Stitcher is radio on demand. Listen anytime, anywhere. Stitcher is an award-winning free app that lets you listen to all your favourite shows, plus discover from 20,000 news, entertainment and sports shows. You can also create your own custom playlists. Stitcher is available on iOS, Android, Nook, iPad and in over 4 million car dashboards. It's on demand and it's on the go. No downloading, no syncing, no wasted memory. You can stream your favourite podcasts from Stitcher. Don't have Stitcher? Download it free today at stitcher.com or in the App Store. And please, leave us a review and rating on Stitcher. Thank you. Welcome to Movie Heaven, Movie Hell, with me, Simon Aiken, and... And I'm Keith Isles, and we are both independent filmmakers who enjoy discussing movies and related topics. And for this podcast, Extra, uh, we are really pleased to be um, to have two guests. We have a filmmaker and regular to this podcast, Clive Ashenden. Welcome, Clive. Hello. Great to be here. And uh, new to our podcast, we have filmmaker and comic book aficionado, Graham Williams. Welcome, Graham. Thank you. Hello, everybody. And uh, this, this is going to be an X-rated episode, which may include some spoilers. <laughs> I think it's going to include a lot of spoilers. <laughs> In case you haven't figured it out. For this episode, we are going to be discussing the X-Men film series uh, and related media to that. So um, we have touched in the past on the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Uh, We've also touched on the Sony Spider-Man movies. Um, But for this one, we are looking at the franchise that Fox owns um, with the X-Men, which started in 2000. And... uh, essentially consists of 10 films in this series and a TV series now, um, which is kind of interesting. It's like sort of three trilogies. You've got your, your original X-Men trilogy that ran from 2000 to 2006. And then you've got your prequel reboot trilogy and the Wolverine trilogy that sort of ran concurrently. And then to the side, you've got, even though it kind of parodies itself, you've got the Deadpool movie, and of course, there is now a television series um, of Legion, which uh, stars uh, British actor Dan Stevens, who seems to be doing very well, uh, both um, in movies and television these days. So there we go. So as we kick off, I just want to ask everybody, do you consider the X-Men series of films to be actually part of the Marvel universe, as in the cinematic universe? No. Yes. No. <laughs> oh, okay, Graham. Why? Why? Yes. Because uh, it's like Marvel at the beginning and stuff, and it's got like Marvel characters and stuff. So, uh, but in all seriousness, um, yeah, of course it is. Um, it's all from the um, Marvel farm. Um, they're all animals of, and um, 
just because there's no crossover or uh, it's actually run through mostly you know uh, Marvel Studios doesn't mean that uh, we're not actually watching any Marvel creations. Millard. Right, I mean, we, we do have one little anomaly, though, which is the, the character of Quicksilver, because obviously in the in the X-Men franchise, he's actually played by Evan Peters from, from American Horror Story. And then, of course, he did appear in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, played by Aaron Taylor Johnson. So, you know, they are they are kind of their own strands. But, yeah, it's interesting. I mean, I, I, it depends how you look at it, I suppose. Yeah, and, um, you know, yeah, there were two different guys playing them, but many different actors have played many different um, uh, Marvel superheroes throughout this and uh, the, the Marvel Studios uh, universe, too. So, uh, no, I, I uh, every time I've, I've watched a uh, X-Men Wolverine, currently um, Deadpool movie, um, yeah, it, it's been nothing but Marvel. After I watch one, I want to dive into the Marvel comics again and dust them off. Um, I see, uh, you know, you see Stan Lee's mark on a lot of them, granted um, a lot of uh, Chris, Cle- Chris Claremont's um, fingerprints all over the more over the uh, x-men but still you know um yeah it, it's it's fully a uh marvel uh universe for me that's cool what about what about you simon as you asked the question uh well no i don't think it's part of the marvel cinematic universe um i think it's it's it seems to be its own thing outside of it and especially for the fact that um already the series has been re- rebooted with the the sort of prequel. Yeah, I mean, everything sort of post um, uh, X Men Days of Future Past. Everything's kind of been reconned. So, as we saw in uh, Apocalypse, um, Wolverine is actually Weapon X, which he wasn't in uh, Wolverine Origins or uh, X Men or X Men Two. So they've they already kind of they're, they're reconning it, and so to have that kind of change, and if it was part of the Marvel universe, cinematic universe, it would have an effect on all the films. I mean, you can't uh, in a universe like that if you have such a seismic uh, event happen, especially a changing of a timeline, you think it would affect the rest of the stories in the other films. Can I just jump in on this one? I, I had a theory. Um, I've done a lot, a lot of research in the last week, which has meant that I have uh, gone goggle-eyed just watching these films back to back. And it came to the uh, came to uh, first class actually. So mm-hmm. I was going to do them in all in um, order, and I realised that coming into the uh, newer films, you know, from about uh, yeah, from about two thousand nine, two thousand eleven onwards, right. I realised if I took each of these movies as a one-off, I know they're trying to do sequels and threads and and, I, and continuous series, but the way I coped with it and, and didn't throw my uh, laptop to, to the wall was actually just realising, <laughs> yeah, treat them as individual stories, individual movies, and all the inconsistencies disappear, and I'm in a better, happier world and so is my wife, uh, in, in fact. But, um, <laughs> um, but yeah, it, I, it was just one of those uh, revelations um, going through that. Um, and 
um yeah so even with um you know the with, with Deadpool, Deadpool obviously is a one-off, but it's, they're, they're really trying to get you know, the, the X-Men in and tie all that up, which, which I absolutely adore as well. And it's kind of true to, to uh, some of the, the, the comics anyway. But yeah, um, especially coming into the abomination that was Apocalypse, it, it was just much better to go, right, this is, this is a new story. Forget everything else that, that's uh, gone on before. Tell me. Tell, t- tell me a story. Try and make it a good one. Oh, oh dear. Sounds reasonable. Yeah. yeah. What what about you, Clive? What about me what? (laughs) Well, do you, you you said no, as I did as to whether you see this in your, in your head canon, in your, in your own mind as part of the, you know, Marvel Cinematic Universe, or whether you treat it as a separate thing, or whether oh, like okay, we're, 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 there, we're still, we're still, we're still on that question, are we? Yeah, uh, yeah. We might have moved on. Um, okay. Uh, well, it's going back a few years now, and it's and the X Men movies came out at that time where Marvel had no money. They were, you know, they were back, you know, they were bankrupt. They were, you know, selling off all their crown jewels left, right, and center, right, which is why. You ended up with Spider-Man at one studio, the X-Men at another studio. And, you know, it seems when Marvel was starting up their own cinematic universe, oh, well, they're on a loser. They, who have they got? Iron Man? Who knows who knows who he is? You know, uh, or or Thor. I mean, of course, if you read the comics, then you were like, oh, those are good, those are good characters. But Joe Public didn't, uh, didn't know who they were. Yeah. Um, so it was... It was it, so... And, and and they were and and each sort of property, it was very kind of like, uh, yeah, it it was that like, you know, sort of going back to like a Superman or a Batman. You could see this sort of uh, lineage in terms of they were standalone. You know, these were the only super people in their world. It wasn't like you know, Spidey is in a is in in a New York where you know just down in Hell's Kitchen there's Daredevil, and if he goes out if he if he goes over into uh, you know Harlem, he's going to meet up with, uh, uh, with 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 Luke Cage. You know, it's not happening in in these worlds. Is it? There's no crossover, and I think. But to be honest, that's one of the things I found I find interesting, or at least found interesting initially about the X Men movies, is because 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 it's about you know, the idea of mutants and mutants being persecuted by quote unquote normal society. And what a strong metaphor that is in the comics, because you've got all these other super people, that metaphor is, is almost sometimes (coughs) sort of lost a little bit or downplayed, but here it was really brought out strongly. So, and, and the other thing was that you had that whole kind of nineties thing of about people were still a bit ashamed of superheroes so you know, all, there's all these sort of gags about what are we going to wear spandex, uh, and you know, and, and the leather costumes, and the not wanting it, to, you know, uh, not wanting it to look like, um, you know, not wanting them to look too much like superheroes. Only, only, you know, only a couple of them get a cape. You know, it's so you know, it, it always was for me. I, I was always putting it in its own sort of thing, and. Yeah, it's uh, and 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 it's gone into some strange and interesting places. It's not a not a series for some for for people who are crazy about continuity, because that will do your head in. But um, yeah, there, there's a, there's a lot to enjoy here. I think. Yeah, 
No, absolutely. I mean, you, you know, uh, one of the reasons, uh, Graham, we obviously wanted to have you involved uh, in this particular podcast. Obviously, this coincides with the release of, of Wolver, um, sorry, of Logan at the cinema at the moment. Is is because um, for me personally, I didn't really come to X Men from the, the the comic books. If I'm honest, I mean, the comic books that I used to read when I were a kid, was a kid wasn't so much the ensemble stuff it was more the individual like a spider-man or daredevil adventure you know things of that nature and um you, you know the i came to the x-men films sort of fresh to the x-men and and i have to say you, you know um i've always liked great as the marvel cinematic universe is and and you know many will say that that that's that's the best but you know over this sort of 17 years and 10 movies i've always had a sort of uh, special place in my heart for the the x-men stroke wolverine um franchise uh, and and you know like that but i but i but i find it very interesting to hear somebody's opinion that that, that is a fan of the of, of the comic books and sort of you, you know came from that side of it so i i think it's it's very interesting to sort of you know know how how you tend to view it um you, you know as a comic book fan or a fan of the x-men comics so um Let's let's go round and ask how everybody got into the X Men. So, uh, Graham, uh, how did you discover the X Men? Right, um, a couple of things. Uh, so, sorry, Keith, I'm going to um, put some egg on your face here. Uh, I too was a uh, was a more of a lone gunman comic book fan uh, when I uh, really started going into comics. So, I was uh, uh, Spider Man and Batman actually. Um, Batman, just because it, it was uh, uh, darker and just uh, the detective side um, appealed to me, and Spider-Man, just uh, you know, amazing um, scenario he was in, you know, um, where he was, you know, this kid trying to just do good, um, both uh, in a mask and out of a mask, and struggling both ways, even though he was far more cooler uh, in the mask. So for me, you see, X-Men 2000 came as a massive uh, revelation, because I'd, I'd got, don't get me wrong, I'd, I'd seen them, seen the comics, yeah. Uh, they were more than modern comics, and they were quite flashy back then. Uh, you know, the, the artwork was just, 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 just very, very busy, and it was a bit too much to be honest um there so then we're coming into x-men the movie there was um there, there was uh, for me it was intelligence there it's a bit more uh, adult as well so and they treated uh, in some part anyway they, they always like adults um so you had you know um wolverine who i just thought was one of the coolest characters ever so actually Ironically, there from all the comics I had been reading, X Men turned me on to the X Men comics. Yeah, right. But then when I went actually back to the original, now loving Stan Lee's work at that point, I also started reading more of uh, Stan Lee rather than just um, um, this Spider Man comics from the uh, right from the uh, from the beginning. But I started reading the X Men comics, and I genuinely did not like what Stan Lee was actually doing back then. I thought it, it was actually, um, in some ways, childish. In other ways, it just it, it was too far-fetched um, for what I was used to in a, in, in, a, in a comic universe. But then I stuck with them, and, I, and when I got to the 70s, you know, the... the um, 
the, uh, the the new X-Men, as you were. So you had your Wolverine, you had your Storm uh, characters com- coming in then. That's when I thought, right, okay, now I can really see where the movies are because we're on to then uh, X-Men 2 uh, you know, in, in the uh, time frame. And then, yeah, I j- just saw how everybody slotted in the, and it just became a bit more mature, really, and a bit more exciting, a bit more... Um, there, there was a lot more to uh, root for, a lot more to think about as well within the X Men universe, and then I've just um, taken it from there. Um, so yeah, so the comic side of things, um, I, I mentioned the word inconsistencies earlier on. Yeah, it would do my head in if I if I had to work through um, all the different time strands and all the rest of it through the x-men comic uh universe um if you go on to youtube guys there'll be so many guys just explaining this that and the other and i glaze over after about two three minutes because i just lose the plot there's so much been going on which is not a criticism at all it's just that you have to keep on um creating new stories and reinventing and all the rest of it so how else are you going to do that over a 40 to 50 year period you know even with the dc universe that started in you know 1939 1940 you know these guys have had to just keep the stories interesting so so yeah and then that, that and i it's good to hear clive there say that um they've the, the, the movies have taken to, to to strange and wonderful places so yeah they, they have tried to do different things so you know if there's any any good within the um x-men movie universe um so still think is in the marvel universe uh then yeah it it's that it's they try to do different things with different movies how about you clive how did you come across the x-men um i uh, I, I came across it through uh through comics first um during the sort of late 80s early 90s uh as sort of that kind of uh, post kind of uh watchman and dark knight I really got into comics in a big way, uh, mainly Batman initially, but then that was almost a gateway to other things because I read the uh, Frank Miller and Chris Claremont uh, Wolverine limited series, which uh, if you've seen the the movie The Wolverine, mm. then you'll know that that's a big influence on that. Um, and yeah, and then I and and at this point, you know, X Men was by far the biggest sort of team. Uh, superhero, uh, you know, team book like, uh, and and it was and it was massive. They were, I think, that, you know, well, when I was getting it, it went from going from a monthly title to going two monthly. You know, they, they had the New Mutants, they had uh, X Factor, uh, which was like the uh, uh, not the singing competition, uh, but the <laughs> but but it was essentially it was like it was it was like the first class of X Men. So it was Jean Grey and. Uh, uh, and Cyclops and and Iceman and and uh, Beast, you know. So yeah, uh, so uh, and and I and I was I was across all of those books and I was getting them all, but it 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 just got to a point where I just couldn't afford it anymore. There were just so many, uh, and uh, I was I was poor, so uh, and a student, <laughs> and, and 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 had to, and so I. I I cut back my books to just the main X Men titles for a while, <laughs> for a bit. But uh, yeah, and then and then and it's then again the sort of massive crossovers sort of broke me because it became it got so you couldn't just read one one uh, comic without without buying another dozen in order to keep track of the story. So 
yeah, that that rather sort of turned me off the comics. But you know, uh, I, I I was still going back and rediscovering things like you know the Dark Phoenix saga and, and so on. Um, so yeah, I, I've always had a fondness for uh, for the comics through then, and then obviously when it came time to the movie, I was very ex- as a film. Uh, you know, as a filmmaker and a film enthusiast, I was very excited that the uh, uh, that the director of uh, The Usual Suspects was going to be making uh, a movie of the X-Men, which I thought was uh, brilliant news and was very much looking forward to it. Excellent. So did nobody ever watch the cartoon series then? No, yeah. I've, uh, I've looked into that. I thought, uh, could, could, could I? And yeah, um, I- I'm already greying. Uh, and got a receding hairline. I think I'll have grandchildren by the time I actually finish all the uh, the comics and the TV, the various TV series. Um, so, so, so not for me yet. Well, I, I have to say you're you're missing out because uh, the X Men's cartoon from the nineties, the f- uh, five se- seasons that ran from ninety two to ninety seven, was just absolutely brilliant. I mean. They, it's the it's where Jubilee got introduced to the uh, X Men universe, who is a, a character that they keep trying to shoehorn into the films. I mean, she makes an appearance in the first film, and they they've made her sort of more of a character in Apocalypse, but uh, she was never she was never a great character. She was just like a, a gateway character for the uh, the audience to sort of join, you know, see the X Men through her eyes. But uh, that's how I got into the X-Men. I saw um, the cartoon in the 90s and, you know, Saturday mornings on the BBC. Absolutely loved it. And they they did Days of Future Past. They did the Phoenix Saga. Uh, you know, they they did whole, whole lots of stuff. I mean, they even had, like, characters like Cable and Bishop. Um, you know, Beast was, you know, really properly done. I mean he's his incarnations in the film i don't think they've they've done beast too well in my opinion in in the film so far but in the cartoons he was you know i mean the fact that he would read upside down and and stuff like that and you know he he was more of an animal than but that's that's something you can do in cartoons so um you know the the cartoon very you know true to the comics, uh, especially with the look, with the costumes. Uh, you know Wolverine with the uh, yellow and blue, and uh, you know uh, all all sort of the the characters were very more close to that. So um, in two thousand, when the first film came out, um, um, I got to see it lots of times because I was working as a projectionist at the time. And it's probably one of the reasons why i'm not a big fan of it because i got to see that film a lot well so I mean, you talked about the cartoons reminded me actually that the first my first exposure to the x-men would have been via the spider-man and his amazing friends cartoon oh, i'm okay. glad you said that clive because that's that's that me too because <laughs> uh, there were there was an episode where where spidey uh, and his amazing friends uh, firestar and iceman um, uh, because Iceman, uh, Iceman used to be in the X Men. Hmm. Uh, the the X Men guest stars, and uh, they all faced off against the Juggernauts. Oh yes, that's right. <laughs> so, yeah. uh, uh, and uh, uh, and in that, it, strangely, uh, in that cartoon, uh, it left me with the impression that Wolverine was an Australian. 
Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, because of how he was voiced in that cartoon. Uh, so, yeah, not that bizarre decision there, but, you know, but otherwise, uh, yeah, uh, it's I'd, I'd say that's, that's worth a look. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, I have fond memories of Spider-Man and his amazing friends from my childhood, for sure. <laughs> oh, you're really opening up another another universe, a, a parallel universe for me. <laughs> Just Googling now. It, it does so much of it. Right, well... <laughs> Guess I'm not sleeping tonight. <laughs> TV series, cartoons, here we come. There you go. Um, it, it is fair to say, though, I mean, you know, in terms of the, the, the X-Men film series, I mean, it is very much, you know, there's there's obviously input from, from hundreds of people, but, you know, in terms of, uh, of controlling that universe, it is, it is kind of down to, like, Simon Kinsberg, Brian Singer and Lauren Shua Donna, you know, in, in terms of the sort of three three producers that that that, that have been actively involved in sort of making those films, um, you, you know, have some sort of uh, coherency uh, amongst them. Um, and uh, I, yeah, I must admit, when I when I went to see X Men, the, the first X Men um, in two thousand. I absolutely loved this film because I think that was one of the things was it did take something that was so fantastical and made it accessible to, to an audience. And um, when we, when we talked to Anthony Johnson uh, about Iron Man, uh, you know, I said about how uh, Robert Downey Jr.'s performance had brought so much to that role. And I kind of feel exactly the same way about uh, Hugh Jackman's portrayal of Wolverine um in these movies because when you think about it he has been the the main character for for seven of 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 those movies essentially and he's obviously made cameos in the others um but he really was you know completely the voice of the audience um you know questioning the x-men and the code names and the costumes and you know what it's all about and and uh you, you know i can't I mean, I, we will come on to, to Logan, I'm sure, but um, I can't imagine anyone else, you, you know, playing this character because he has just brought so much to it. I mean, he's, he's kind of done this sort of cowboy meets biker uh, image with his, you know, quiff and his inverse goatee and his uh, white tank top vest. And, 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 you know, that's even, to my understanding, sort of made its way into the comic book world where now he has drawn very much in in the sort of image of, of Hugh Jackman and um uh you, you know hard to imagine that it, it was originally going to be Doug Ray Scott uh playing this role and you know he was obviously uh Hugh Jackman was a last minute addition um because of the scheduling conflicts with Mission Impossible 2 and uh you know I really can't imagine anyone else I mean whoever's going to play this character in a reboot they've got some pretty big shoes to fill I think don't you uh, I'm just. Uh, I'm going to Google um, Hugh Jackman's shoe size, so we can actually verify that <laughs> live um, here on on the podcast. Apparently, Wolverine. Uh, no, apparently, I know this, but uh, I don't know how tall uh, Hugh Jackman is as well, because uh, Wolverine is a short fella. Um, yeah, uh, agreed. Uh, that is something uh, that really sold the whole X Men universe for me, uh, especially in the movies. Was Hugh Jackman playing uh, Wolverine? Um, with a bit more humanity, and I mean that the uh, the, the, the the animal 
uh, side of him was very much uh, written and drawn in many of of the comics, and a lot of the writers and artists really tried to give uh, started to give. Um, um, Logan and you know the Wolverine a bit more of a human side, but I, I just I just Hugh Jackman just sold it for me. I, just, I love the way he um, could just portray him with so, certain soft sides. I know it was written in there, but you know you still have, you need a great actor to be able to carry that off too. Um, so yeah, I, I just uh, thought that. So every time I do get um, the um, you you see Hugh Jackman. Now you you also see uh, the Wolverine. So uh, you know the the fella's done more movies simply and hasn't got uh, typecast. But um, you know he's uh, you know a great actor who who was able to do that. So the Wolverine has become a uh, you know, a favourite of mine. Uh, I was also very lucky to have um, uh, Clive there and uh, Rob Wickens. Um, actually, create me as uh, the Wolverine, or at least give me the uh, the claws for for one uh, podcast uh, a few years ago. So, so that that was, believe it or not, a dream come true for me. Oh <laughs> uh, yes, was that back when we were looking forward to um, X Men: Days of Future Past? You're absolutely right there, Simon. Yeah. Yes, the, yeah. po- the pod of future yeah. cast. I believe it was. It was yeah. Genius, genius, yeah. <laughs> But anyway, yeah, you yeah, know, um, yeah, the, from uh, the X Men, and I agree with Keith. Uh, um, Hugh Jackman really has been almost like the uh, sorry Wolverine, but Hugh Jackman's Wolverine. Let's, just, let's be honest. Uh, he has been the spine. Uh, he he's the one that they've actually latched a few of the uh, future uh, or the most recent um, stories, movies um, on. And me as a kind of a Wolverine fanboy now, I've um, really responded to that. You know, whatever other CGI nonsense is going on all around, at least yeah, you know, I can I can buy into the Wolverine pain or the pain he's exacting on uh, unsuspecting uh, minions. Hmm. I I must admit, one of the reasons why I like X-Men First Class was the fact that it wasn't Wolverine-centric. I mean, well, a lot of the films up to this point had been. (laughs) I mean, uh, you know, certainly the first two films, X-Men and uh, X-Men 2, you know, very heavily revolved around Wolverine, especially X2. Uh, So it was nice to sort of take him out of the equation and just sort of see, well, see the X-Men get started. I think that was kind of uh, one of the reasons why I don't like the first X-Men as much as (laughs) as the other films, because they're already there. And um, there's... There's no sort of investment in them. You invest in the in Wolverine because here's this character. He's lost in the wilderness. He doesn't know who he is. He can't remember anything from, you know, before 15 years ago. And, um, you know, so he is a character that you, as an audience, you're going to, you know, you're going to root for. You're going to follow for, for these stories. So it was, I thought it was really good to sort of see, um, you know, Xavier and um, Magneto, you know, see them as friends, see where that friendship comes from. And, you know, um, as much as I didn't like the idea of how um, Charles Xavier lo- uh, loses the use of his legs, because I thought that being part of his power is actually 
uh, you know, because he had this immense, you know, mental power. So there had to be some sort of price for that. And, you know, in the comic books, in the cartoons, it was the use of his legs. So to find out, spoiler, that he got, you know, he, he got hit by a bullet in the spine did kind of take away from that a bit. But but I, I do, I, I, you know, I am a, a, I am a big fan of uh, X-Men First Class. And, um, of course, originally that was going to be... Um, uh, Magneto uh, Nazi Hunter wasn't it it was going to be a part of the X-Men origin story but because uh, X, because Wolverine was received so badly they decided to go in a different route in a different path with it kind of doing this sort of soft reboot or prequel yeah pre-boot yeah no absolutely <laughs> um, I mean I mean yeah I mean the, the thing is that the, the the problem is, I think, and you, you kind of nailed it here, the, the problem with X-Men Origins Wolverine, in my opinion anyway, is, is the fact that the film didn't really tell us anything that we hadn't learned about Wolverine stroke Logan in the first two X-Men movies and, and, you know, in terms of flashbacks or bad dreams or memories or whatever. And I, I think, to be honest, they did it better in those films than than they did in the in the in the movie based on it. And you, you know that that for me is the reason that the sort of first Wolverine film out of the three Wolverine films is is kind of the uh, kind of the weakest one because it, it didn't really tell us anything that we didn't already know. And the mysterious side of of Wolverine was kind of what made him interesting as well. So. Um, you know, I always felt that that was kind of a, a redundant film. It was like one of those films that had been sort of made for the sake of it, really. Yes. I don't know what you guys think. Well, it was also the first example of them reconning uh, the storyline. So you, you take Sabretooth, who in the first one was just lackey, and then suddenly he's Wolverine's brother. And yeah. you try and think, well, how does that make sense? Did Sabretooth get uh, his mind wiped as well? And, and and become a completely different person at the same time. Yeah, if you yeah. treat them as different uh, movies, um, it becomes a lot less painful. Um. <laughs> well, th th I mean, this is why I think um, uh, X Men: Days of Future Past was 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 so so genius, really, because that that managed to be sort of a a prequel and a sequel and a reboot, and it kind of it kind of dealt with some of those inconsistencies that Last Stand, um, uh, X-Men Origins, Wolverine and First Class had, um, you, you know, and it, it was kind of, I think they sort of did it in a, in a way that they, they took the mantle that, um, you know, the Star Trek reboot did uh, a couple of years earlier. You know, they, they took the same kind of mantle and put Wolverine in, in that, uh, in that frame. And, uh, I think, you know, they, they handled it very well by, by having that sort of, you know, back to the future-esque, um, uh, you know, timeline thing with, with, with him being the, the character. Um, you, you know, they obviously did it less well. They tried to do the same in the whole sort of Terminator franchise and that didn't quite work as well, did it? But, um, you, you know, it, it, was, it, was, it, was, it, was, it was, I think X-Men Days of Future Past was a, was a fabulous movie. And, uh, you, you know, that's one of my favourite of the, of the series, I have to say. Yeah, but it was, it was kind of sort of, you know, paving over, uh, you know, uh, Last Stand and say, that didn't really happen. Don't, don't worry about that one. 
which um i mean this this is the thing about the the x-men films that um you know brian singer was steering the the ship along and um i thought he he built upon the first x-men film and and delivered a great film with x2 i thought that really that that film was really great i really enjoyed that one and of course they set that up uh for the phoenix saga and unfortunately then brian singer went off and did uh, superman returns um of course we got we got brett ratner instead who um you know whose nickname is brett shatner <laughs> as in sh- crap and um it's uh, just a, a terrible film i mean it's just it, it just it seemed to be at the time you know because we had the same problem with spider-man 3 even though it was the same director and sam raimi that the third film in the series was you know it, it just absolutely became a mess just collapsed in on itself saying that uh at the end of uh days of future past i was very happy to see kesley Grammer as um as hank mccoy at the end so <laughs> it's got one saving grace the film yeah, I mean, to be fair to Brett Ratner, he, he did sort of come in 11th hour and uh, sort of pick up what, what Matthew Vaughan had already kind of set in motion with, with, with Last Stand. Um, but yeah, I mean, that, that, that was, uh, you know, a bit of a mess of a film, um, to be honest. Yeah. Although Even though he was great in it. <laughs> yeah, as I say, he was great in him. He was great in everything. He's he's wonderful. Uh, but no, um, it's got some of the coolest um, Wolverine fight scenes in it. Um, obviously, I'm clutching straws here at making a good movie, but um, it, but it had some uh, decent scenes. But as a whole, I thought it was um, uh, quite disjointed. And the reason I'm, I'm, I'm butting in here as well is that just to take it back, uh, Simon, mm. uh, where. I genuinely, um, I went back to uh, Days of Future Past, and as a film, it 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 doesn't work for me. I know it ties up the loose ends, but at the, um, but this point is that when I looked back at it, I went, actually, I do remember being in the cinema and having um, a bit of a meh. <laughs> I had a couple of the great scenes, you know, the opening with the with the Sentinels, obviously just for the sheer audacity and fun of it, the Quicksilver sort of sequence. But then that scene in that in the room and they're rescuing Magneto there. But no, it it I've gone back to it and it doesn't work for me. Very much the same as. Um, Last Stand doesn't work for me either. It's it's too disjointed, and uh, whereas you had with X two, um, which I think is the best of the lot. Um, X Men there is um, ignoring uh, Deadpool and, and uh, Logan uh, recently, but um, it just it just can't love both the, the, those films, especially Days of Future Past. I just think it's it's too cumbersome and uh, it does just drag out the um, uh, the uh, the third act a bit too much for me. Hmm. Fair enough. Clive, for- any thoughts? Yeah, it's, it's interesting. I, I re-watched uh, the, so the original trilogy like uh, as preparation for talking about the films because... Yeah, uh, I, I I found myself going back to things like First Class quite a lot because I really I agree I agree with Simon. I think that's a, it's a really good X Men movie because it's about the X Men. It's not about Wolverine plus X Men. 
it's about the, it's about the X Men, and 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 I find it's a really engaging story. I think putting it in the sixties and rooting it in something, uh, it actually you know it really works, you know, and and it and it makes sense, you know, because obviously uh, you know we have the backstory of Magneto being uh, uh, in the concentration camp as well. So the timeline in that movie, anyway, uh, is you know works and and it's sort of yeah and it, and it has it's a really nice sort of energy. It's pretty unpretentious and it's, you've got some really good actors there. You know, um, yeah, Kevin Bacon. Now, Kevin Bacon's a big surprise. He's, he's an amazing. Um, yeah, he's he's, he's an amazing villain. Loved him. Yeah, but it's it's funny uh, rewatching the original trilogy. I don't think they've aged very well at all. I think it's that issue. Uh, it seems to you, it seems to almost hit like big special effects blockbuster type movies more. Is that you look back now, and the special effects, the CG, really, it, it's it really shows its age. You know, I mean, just whether it's things like the uh, the uh, uh, quote unquote de aged uh, Professor X and Magneto in the Last Stand, <laughs> yeah, uh, which which is which is almost comically poor. No, or, 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 whether, it's things, or whether it's things like the uh, the opening credits to the to X Men, which is so nineties, it hurts. Even though I know it's two thousand, but it really has that sort of nineties feel of kind of like going through this sort of genes and, yeah. and you know it's almost like that. Uh, yeah, fight yeah, club. It, yes, exactly. Yeah, it's, it's a it's a it's a bit Fight Club, but but then if you want, but then I remind myself that it's not as bad as the opening credits of, of, of the Avengers, i.e. the the uh, the Ray Fiennes Uma Thurman Avengers, which if you want to see something really like horrifically <laughs> badly put together, uh, check that out. Yeah, Clive, it's funny. Um, I was just going to say, it's just interesting as well. Just going back to the trailers, mate. Um, I, I just took some time to go uh, just to say what you said there with um, the nineties. Look, I, I started look watching uh, the trailer for X Men, and I'd recommend you you have a look just to compare how, how they've um, have uh, improved over the years. And I was watching. I was thinking. I thought genuinely thought it was a fanboy <laughs> trailer. I didn't, didn't realize it was the actual official trailer for X Men. Um, and it's actually quite drawn out as well, and uh, it, it's not as uh, as punchy as as trailers are these days. But especially X Men, they were really were setting up almost like the story within the trailer. So yeah, I'd recommend uh, the three of you and everyone else uh, have a have, have a look back there because um, just um... Uh, that's that's all right, Graham. Graham, I'll I'll, I'll give it a miss because I saw that trailer at the cinema so much. I mean, I actually had to splice the bloody trailer into the film. Okay, into well, every the, time into the well into the schedule because you know we we get the trailers for the films you know months in advance and we the the X Men one we put in because you remember when the X Men came out that was a bad summer. The only good film well, you had Gladiator, which was a hell of a start, but then it went downhill. You had films like The Patriot, uh, Thomas the Tank Engine. I wasn't a big fan of Snatch. I was looking forward to it. it. wasn't very good. Memento was there, but then that wasn't a blockbuster. Memento was fantastic. But then Castaway Breakable. Yeah, I yeah. see you there. Yeah, see a point there, Simon. Yeah. Well, the Pitch Black came out afterwards because I know um, that was that was an October release. See, the thing was, I I was a projectionist for about uh, it was about four months, so I sort of 
I, I, I finished working at the cinema at September because that's when they went under. They, <laughs> they, they were losing money. So the, uh, the guy who owned it, he closed it down and, um, it's now, it's, it was taken over, but, uh, unfortunately my services wasn't, uh, <laughs> retained. Uh, so yeah, I sort of, I remember that summer very oh. well because I got to see the same films and the same bits over and over again. So, yeah, uh, can I just uh, throw Charlie's Angels, Dracula 2000, uh, what <laughs> women want in there. There's, there's some goodies in there, but, uh, yeah, fair point. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I got to see Chicken Run so many times. Uh, it, 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 it gets a point when Chicken Run gets a bit old. <laughs> but um, but I think the, uh, the 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 one thing I did notice going back uh, watching, I, I went back and watched the first two because I, I just didn't want to sit through the third one again. <laughs> I was like, I'm going to skip that one. Uh, but um, especially the first one, they had this kind of like, it was like a video game mentality. So they had to get past the sub boss and then another sub boss to get to the main bad guy. So you just literally, they were just going, you know, they were just taking on the minions one at a time, getting rid of them. And then before they get to uh, Magneto at the end, who's the, you know, the, the main boss that they have to sort of take out. And um, it does, I, I, I do remember there being other films kind of like that. And it's, it's sort of, it gets a bit old. You know that that kind of yeah. that sort of storyline of you know well you know you got to take out um, Mystique and then you got to take out Toad and then you got to take out Sabretooth and then you get to Magneto. Yeah, I I, I agree. Something I think also it's like, especially if you look back now after we've watched the uh, the Avengers movies and after well uh, we've watched the later X Men movies. And it, and it's 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 and, and you know and, and this you know Guardians of the Galaxy uh, all these different things, but the but the the definitely the initial X Men movies it's like I, I remember being a bit frustrated at the time watching them because as much as I was really enjoying Wolverine and uh, this is all great and like the comics in the comics the whole thing of it is that they is that they fight as a team, you know they have a leader. And they fight as a team, and that's how they're able to beat these massively powerful enemies. In the end, is because they is because they come together. You know, uh, there might be you know there might be, you have different personalities. They clash, but they fight as a team. And this it's all one it's all one on one fights. Um, and you know, and and whilst there's a certain kind of like oh, what who would win with X versus Y? You don't get that same sort of sort of excitement that you do when they're when they're really working together it's like i mean one of the things that i did enjoy i mean I, I have some issues with days of future past but that sequence in the future where we see the the, the, the future survivor young x-men uh, that opening sequence where they all fight together mm. is is is, a, is brilliant uh, and and i remember being so excited from the film after that because that was great yeah I, i'm not sure i entirely agree with you uh there on that at all i think the x-men one of the things that it does really well, the first film, is the fact that by the end of the film, they are all working together as a team really well. And the thing I like about it is the fact that, you know, they don't get along. You know, Scott and, um, and Logan really, really don't get along. And, you know, you have all that sort of banter with them uh, and stuff. And, you know, that, that great Josh Whedon line where um, he says, how, how, do, how do you know it's me? And he goes, you're a dick. 
and and all that stuff, which I thought was great. But um, but but by the end, they do completely gel as a team, and 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 you know stop. Uh, well, well, stop like, they, they, gel, plan. they gel for like thirty seconds. You know, where they come up with a plan and they and they do it. Most of the time, that they they're magnetized to the inside of the Statue of Liberty. Uh, I, I, I get what you're saying, and, and I also enjoy the banter and, and, and the clashing, and I wouldn't necessarily want them all to be uh, ha- holding hands all the time. It's just more the point that there was never that sort of moment where where you got where I felt like I was watching the X Men. That's all, as, as someone who re- read the comic books, you know. But yeah, and 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 with X Men Two again, uh, once they get to the the base. Uh, they all go off in their separate directions. You know, Jean Grey takes on Cyclops, Wolverine goes after Striker. You know, Storm goes after the kids, and then so. But there was never at one point did they all work together as a team. You see, I, I, I um, I'm with Keith on this one, where um, that sometimes teamwork isn't standing in the same room battling um the the one villain having th- those different places to jump back and forth actually made it far more uh, riveting uh, for me you see and actually teamwork you know these guys could trust each other is one way of looking at it so um it's um <laughs> apart from wolverine who was, who was a on a, an act of revenge but everyone else it is um coming together but not but you know, granted, they're in the you know in the same building, but there's so many different scenarios happening that you can't jump from one, save it, jump to another, save it, jump to another, save it. It all happens at the same time, so it's happy there. Now, in saying that, uh, and what uh, on Clive and Simon's point, uh, watching Apocalypse uh, for the first time uh, this last week, um, that is exactly what happens. So mm. inter- interesting to take it there because uh, you you know. You've got this um, uh, world-smashing um, creature or mutant, then, and um, all the guys get together and do uh, get him. So, did you prefer that type of ending, then, guys? Uh, yeah, I mean, that was one of sort of the redeeming things about Apocalypse. <laughs> it wasn't that. It, it, I have to say, Apocalypse was kind of disappointing. Um, I mean, they they did have a big task on their hands because Apocalypse was always one of those characters, especially in the cartoon, who he 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 works in a cartoon setting. But you think him in real life, you know, when we saw the sort of um, uh, production stills of of him and people were going, "Oh, look, he looks like a character out of the Power Rangers," <laughs> he, he kind of does. He kind of did in the in the cartoon. So the fact that um, Old, uh, oh, what's his name? Who plays him? Um, actually, did it well. Was was you know, good on him. But it was still, it was, um, it, it just wasn't that great a film. He was a very shouty villain, wasn't he? He shouted a lot. Yes. I was wondering, yeah. is that is that really his mutation? Um, he can't he can't speak quietly. He has to shout <laughs> at everyone. Well, no, Look actually, at me. I am blue and great. Well, actually, his his mutation is is the ability to affect hair. Because <laughs> I think Apocalypse, in some sense, was made to sort of say, well, this is how Charles Xavier goes bald. This is how Storm got a hair white. You know. I think secretly Apocalypse wanted to be a hairdresser. Right. So, so I've actually been living with um, Apocalypse for the last 10 years. That's why I've got the, the grey <laughs> and the seating. Understood. Thanks, Simon. 
<laughs> love it, love it. <laughs> don't tell the wife I called her the podcast. Just, <laughs> just hope she doesn't listen to the podcast. <laughs> yeah, she will. <laughs> she what, no, no chance of that, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. Uh, Anywho. But this, I mean, I mean, I mean this, this is the thing that's kind of, that I kind of enjoy with the with the if you like the prequel series that we're now having is is the fact that they are all kind of like uh, period movies, um, which I think is quite nice. You know, <laughs> the fact that um, uh, you know, in, in order to to make it make sense with the with the the different ages of the different actors playing the same characters, that they did sort of wind it back to the sixties, and it seems that each one you know moves on a decade um and yeah I, I think i think that's one of the uh one of the kind of enjoyable things about them that does set it apart from the the other marvel films you know which are or tend to be mainly contemporary based at the moment so uh yeah you could, you cool. could also say it's one of the most ridiculous things about them so though keith you know uh, i i i <laughs> Do you not think? I mean, because this, you know, it was great in the sixties. That was brilliant. Then they move it on ten years. Fine. They move it on another ten years. It's like, hang on, they look exactly the same. Moira McTaggart has Not only do mutants not age, but Maureen McTaggart has an aged either. You know, they even make they they. Even, it's like, wow, she looks really good. Yeah, she does, doesn't she? You know, she's <laughs> she's uh, it, just. Been very very clean living, I guess. Just been yeah. uh, just drinking distilled water for all that time. <laughs> so, so, is there a mutant in the background that has okay. actually the the, you know, the power is to um, rev, uh, slow down aging? You know, have we considered that? Uh, I want possibly, that power. possibly. But can I, can I just say something? I mean, I the um, at the beginning of the first X Men film. It says in the near future. So when the sort of Patrick Stewart timeline's happening, that's actually in the future from where we are now. And so every time you watch that now, it's always going to be in the near future. So the fact <laughs> that, you know, they must have some sort of, uh, you know, slow aging gene in them. You know, that's part of being a mutant. You stay young for quite a long time. Yeah, but but that that was in the year two thousand though, Simon. In, in the new in the near future was like. The year two thousand and three. So it's, it's it's like it's like that. that, that I know, but I'm just know. saying. If if again, if you if it's one of those things when you put a a, a sort of a, a, a title like that up on screen, then that film is always going to be in the near near future from when you're watching it. If it says oh the year twenty twelve or or something like that or two thousand three, then you know hats off to them because then that's a marker in time like that because the, the 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 sort of prequel series is clearly set in different eras so you know when we get to the sort of you know patrick stewart timeline i guess yeah i guess it might be 2010s i don't know the, the, the way they're aging well, they do say at least they say in Logan that it's twenty twenty nine. Mm. So we we know we know in Logan exactly where we are. Yeah. So yeah. 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 <laughs> right. Um. So guys, uh, the 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 one f you know as we sort of talked about reconning characters within these films, what have you what do you think about how they treated Mystique through these films? 
because she was clearly a villain in the original uh, series of films and now in the prequel ones she's now become a hero if anything she's become an x-men which she never was um, uh, was she not, never in the uh, again as someone who doesn't know the comics very well i i don't know was she ever an x-man in the comics or was she always no. a villain no I, 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 if if anything she is the uh the mother to uh of rogue and of uh night stalker okay so <laughs> you know that that's one change. which would make sense yeah, yeah 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 but i mean that's that's um that's one change that they sort of you know they just left that out because from the films because that will just complicate things but um but i mean what mm. what do you guys think about that well personally um, uh, you know i've read lot i've read uh, x-men comics where uh, magneto is leading the x-men you know i've read uh, it so this it's especially i mean if you read any kind of superhero comics it's often very kind of malleable who is like a villain and who is a superhero and sometimes there's some crossing of the ways and especially especially in the x-men books there's often you know people who've been on the brotherhood of evil mutants uh, ended up as x-men and, and have been redeemed or vice versa uh, and you know because there's always those sort of twin poles of of how extreme you are on the on on the sort of mutant rights front um but uh yeah so that that didn't bother me and i personally i think jennifer lawrence is great in uh in in first class and in uh and in uh days of future past um i think it's a shame that that her character wasn't allowed to develop in the way it seemed like it was going after days of future past because in Apocalypse, she just kind of gets turned into a hero, and that's was less interesting than where it seemed she was going. Mm. And also, it seems like there was a bit of not wanting to wear the makeup anymore, uh, which yeah. <laughs> which basically seems which for me under undercut the character because she was such such a powerful character in in Days of Future Past, and and that was one of the disappointments for me about that film is, is that it's sort of you know, it it, it it almost became one kind of film and then it just ended up being a Wolverine film. You know, much as I love Wolverine in that movie and, you know, and, and there's a lot of good stuff in that movie. It just doesn't... Ultimately, it's it's a little bit disappointing uh, for me. But, uh, but yeah, I, I, I found that was uh, that was a nice surprise, to be honest, uh, what happened with, with Mystique. I mean, you sort of felt like, oh, she's ultimately going to end up with... Magneto, and then, then they undercut that, and she sort of went off with him, and then she went off on her own, and and had, was you know basically uh, you know such a badass that she didn't need anyone else. So that was great. Mm. But then she yeah. just became she just became an X Man. So it's like uh, okay. Yeah. I'll start off with uh, the biggest disappointment, and and um, and get more positive from there. <laughs> yeah. I was um, uh, last stand. Um, it was a case of. Okay, so uh, she's just now lost her mutant abilities. She's lost um, uh, her being mystique, her being blue, and every, everything that that was built up to be great in X Men 
and X-Men 2 as well to really you know, shape this character. And then she loses it, and then Magneto just goes, oh, well, walks off. So that, 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 I just remember that, that that was a bit of a, mm. a punch in the gut yeah. uh, at that point. So it was such a shame because I'd really bought into uh, the, the Mystique character. Uh, and then thankfully they, they, they brought her back with more uh, more of a, uh, of a really punchy. I know they had first class, but in um, Days of Future Past, it was a really meaty role there. Uh, which uh, was excellent, and uh, I'm going to um, ignore what happened afterwards because uh, Clive's obviously done a sterling job there, and I want to finish on a high. <laughs> um, so I'm kind of talking my way into more of a, a negative corner here, but actually Mystique was one of the biggest surprises as um, characters went as well because you really had some depth there that they really played on, and she was also uh, an a, a, a villain that could actually think a way through scenarios. Yeah, yeah. The, you know, the shape shifting really was used well. I thought in you know um, three to four of those films, uh, and really got other people. Yeah, you you got to see not just Wolverine um, being toyed with in um, X Men Two by by her changing diff- to different uh, ladies, but also just um, uh, yeah, Mystique being. Uh, different um, uh, powerful men as well. If you notice, you know, she's soldiers, this, that, and the other. And all these guys, just because you've got this fella there who's in a uniform, is actually being listened to. But actually, it's uh, it's Mystique. So I really, really enjoyed those um, those angles or, or on the character. Yeah. Yeah, I, I know what you mean. I mean, for me, I liked uh, Rebecca Robjin Stamos mm. as Mystique for obvious reasons. Um, <laughs> what would they be then, um, Keith? <laughs> well, you know. um, but the thing is, the thing is that the character, when you think about it, it is Mystique <laughs> that actually changes the timeline um, so that uh, instead of mutants being discovered in the, the near future from 2000, that they're actually discovered in 1973 in the new timeline because of her, you know, attempting to uh, to assassinate um uh, you, you know, um, what's his name? Forgotten the character's name, but uh, uh, so so Trask. that's it, Trask. Thank you. So, um, you, you know, I, I think I agree with what Clive said in in so much as I think she's a very very strong character through the f- first three films. I take your point, Graham. She's she's treated badly by Magneto in 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 Last Stand for sure. Um, in First Class. I think I think uh, with Jennifer Lawrence taking over the role, I think they handle that very well, particularly with her, you know, changing sides at the end and and uh, at Cuba and and you know going going off with uh, with with Magneto, um, and obviously she's very key in in Days of Future Past. But I agree with what Clive's saying is is uh, X Men Apocalypse. Yeah, it did feel a bit. I don't know. She, it, there was a bit of a massive shift and. Um, yeah, it did. It did sort of seem a bit wasted, and obviously, you know, with with Jennifer Lawrence not wanting to uh, to be in the makeup all the time. Much as I like to see Jennifer Lawrence as her normal self, obviously, but at the same time, it took something away from the character. You, you know, appearing uh, in a blue form because that's who she is, and it's not about having to hide. And you know, that whole sort of thing about being accepted as a mutant and all this sort of thing so i I do think that 
X-Men Apocalypse did drop the ball slightly. And it was very odd at the end where, as you said, Simon, she's now part of the the X-Men and um, she's training, you know, the, the new recruits. That did seem a bit odd, but I can see why they went there. Also, the fact that the um, Days of Future Past and Apocalypse don't connect up very well, is it? Because at the end of Days of Future Past, we see that um, that Mystique has rescued um, Wolverine from the bottom of the lake or the, the river, uh, even though she's disguised as Striker. And of course, that's right. And then suddenly, actually, no Striker's actually got Wolverine and turning him into Weapon X and. It just it made it just it was like well what what happened because at least with Days of Future Past you found out what happened to the other mutants that left with Magneto at the end of First Class. You saw this that, is true. You, you know, so there was some continu- continuity. So when it came to Apocalypse, they it didn't seem like they were that bothered, which it's a shame because you know Brian Singer and everything, yeah. Yeah, it did. It did feel like a complete recton for some of those things. But I mean, uh, again, it depends whether you believe the the theatrical cut or the rogue cut, because, of course, the, the rogue cut of X-Men Days of Future Past, that ending is, in fact, different. So and it is Striker and not Mystique. So, oh, okay. um, you, you, know, you know, again, it, it doesn't really you, you're right. It's, it, it is a tad inconsistent, which uh, you know me, those things bother me regardless of what's going on in the real world. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, can can I ask everybody, have we all seen the road cut of um, X-Men Days of Future Pass? I have not. So this is all a, a, a marvellous and wonderful revelation to me. Okay. Uh, I, I, I haven't seen it either. I, I was hoping to get to it before this podcast, but oh, right. uh, no. I haven't Too late. It. <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, that's not that's not a major spoiler, by no, the way. No, uh, there's a lot more differences than that. Wow. Well, yeah. <laughs> it, it, what they've done is they've reinserted the um, the footage with Rogue in it, and tell the truth, it was probably for the best that they removed her. It just it just over overcomplicated a, a story that was doing fine by itself. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I think it works fine as a, as the theatrical, but yeah. I was obviously very, very happy to uh, to see the road cut as well. So, and 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 guys, if you haven't watched it, um, you, you know, I recommend it because it is it is another it is another take on it. So, uh, and it's okay. it, it, it's it, but it is more laboured, definitely. Yes, mm. there, there's a sort of mini adventure. <laughs> Have they extended the Quicksilver um, uh, sequence at all? No, no. Uh, no, <laughs> as as I say, it's it's more to do with uh, Rogue's part in the 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 future part of the story, and I think apart from that one sort of change with Striker at the end, I don't remember much else. To tell the truth, that they changed. It's it's more or less the same film, but just longer. Yeah, yeah, a yeah. few a few a few moments, a few added moments. There is a bit where um uh Mystique comes back to the X Mansion, which again kind of retons what happens in apocalypse in fact because because she comes back to the mansion in that one so again it's yeah it's it's uh if you want it's, it's your theory graham i think of, of looking at them as individual films and enjoying them as individual films is probably a very good one <laughs> yeah it's, it's helped keep me sane as i've said lads so speaking of another character that's 
that's uh, been portrayed in these films. So what do you guys think of, of Rogue? Well, I, I like her because for, for me, Rogue in the first film is, is, is it's her and Wolverine, actually, that are the two that are sort of thrust into the X-Men world and, and that we as an audience learn who the X-Men are and what they can do through both Logan and Rogue. So I think I think in the first couple of films, she's pretty important, but they do seem to sort of, uh, well, obviously in Last Stand, she gets cured, right? She, yeah. she actually decides to take the drug, doesn't she? Um, she's, she's from that point of view. And then, of course, you know, she's, she's pretty much got written out of the... Uh, the other stuff, um, sadly, but I mean, I like Anna Paquin and I, and I thought, always thought the portrayal of her was good, but then again, I don't have the, the comics or the animated series to compare it to. So, uh, for me, it was good. Yeah. What do you guys think? I mean, I, I agree with you just from the point that she's how sort of quickly she got tossed aside in the third one. I mean, they, they were kind of, I guess in some sense, building up to something. I mean, this is, I think, I think this was, why the third one is a bit of a letdown because it did feel like each up to that point two had built on one so the events that happened in one inform you know the second film but then the third film you know just made made a mess of it if you look at it as a standalone again um the love triangle really does um work in some ways they are the uh Iceman, kitty pride and rogue there uh, i actually do uh, and, and um don't hate me for this i do actually like the fact that rogue decides to uh cure herself i think that really does bash against uh the the you know the the, the mutants being um persecuted and she obviously feels that and she feels that she can't actually have human contact without there being obviously adverse effects so i actually didn't uh did think that 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 was a good not even a twist just a a nice uh, end to her arc there um rogue as a character never really uh, you know floated my boat as actually it's not, it's not a criticism it's just um wasn't there for me i love the fact that she was um portrayed as well um by Anna Paquin in the in the first film, but yeah, and I, th- I thought you know the end of the arc there, she really does want to uh, be able to uh, have contact with humans. I thought really played well, and you know she um, made me think about the fact that so many other mutants are fighting to be mutants, and it's okay. Um, let's go back to Mystique after all, uh, how she was built up. She really wanted to, but she had it taken away. But Rogue had that decision, so no, I I, I actually was um, yeah pleased with that. Yeah, no, I, I agree, because let's be honest, if you had a mutant power, you know, some some of them have got cooler powers than others. And, uh, you know, the, the not being able to touch anyone else is, is, is not the best of, of mutant powers, is it? <laughs> let's be honest. So uh, Agreed, yeah, yeah. I, I agree. I, I think the fact that she, she makes that choice um, is, is actually probably quite a good um, conclusion to her arc. But certainly she she was more prominent in the first two films and, and a little bit forgotten about in the rest of them, I feel. But uh, what about you, Clive? I'm, I'm slightly ambivalent about Rogue um, because maybe because uh, in the, co- the, in the comics I was reading in the, in the late 80s, early 90s, Rogue was a big part of the team and I really liked Rogue. I've not seen that Rogue in films. Uh, I don't think, uh, I think, 
basically uh, the rogue as portrayed by uh, Anna Paquin in in that sort of initial trilogy of movies certainly is it's basically it's like they're giving her Kitty Pryde's personality. I'm sort of it reminds me of what happened with the uh, with Kirsten Dunst in the in this uh, Sam Raimi Spider Man movies was basically you know that's not that's you know that's not Mary you know that's not Mary Jane that's that's they've basically given her Gwen Stacy's personality so you have these characters who are quite fiery and sort of sparky and interesting in the comics and then you just get these sort of slightly I don't know whiny characters uh, on film and, and the other thing that's slight the other thing that annoys me uh, I, I will say something positive in a moment I promise uh, <laughs> is is that in the, in in X Men, she's got a southern accent like Rogue is supposed to have, and that disappears in in this in X Men Two, <laughs> much like uh, much like the Afri- the African accent disappears from Storm in X Men Two. Yes. So uh, you know, <laughs> it, it's which is like oh, it's a shame. Um, but you know, I, I I remember at the time when I watched the movies, I I was very much invested in her journey watching them again as as an you know now i'm slightly older i find her a bit annoying if i'm honest uh, a bit i find her teenage <laughs> angst to be a bit to get on my nerves slightly um but yeah i i agree with you uh, graham that the love triangle and last stand does actually work quite well on its own but and and it doesn't bother me she gets cured at the she that she takes the cure because as we see, as we see at the end, spoilers. Uh, Mag- there's a hint that Magneto's sort of cure is is wearing off. So, is it really a cure for, like for all time? So, you know, if it, so th- there's a little bit of continuity you can hold on to if you want to. But hey, it, it's, it all got it all, it all got retconned and wiped clean by the events of Days of Future Past. So nothing ever really matters, and it's all changed <laughs> and different. What, what about you, Simon? You asked the question she's not a very good character in the films much much better in in the cartoon the comics much more full of life and uh the rogue in this one just too much teenage angst you know and also i feel why i feel that third one threw away a a bit was that um they devoted so much time to her in the first two films that it felt like that in the third film that her being there was going to amount to something you know, she you know she might have she she might have been the one to take down um, uh, Phoenix at the end, you know Jean Grey, but uh, again it just came down to Wolverine. Yeah. But um, no, I I wanted to sort of say something because the the thing is though um, the the whole ending of Last Stand and the whole thing with Magneto maybe getting his powers back, I think it comes down to. T- it, it plays to two camps, depending on, you know, which way you want to go with it. So in Days of Future Past, that's the fu- that's the future that's led on from from those films. So Magneto got his powers and he's, you know, working alongside uh, Charles and the rest of the uh, what's left of the X-Men. Or if you take what's happened in Logan and that that the mutants have been cured like polio is that again that sort of thing where the the films they they go in all these different paths these different tangents and 
you know you 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 don't know it's it's funny how it kind of splits and goes off in weird and wonderful directions but yet still kind of go back to each other yeah yeah well i mean one of the, one of the other weird sort of little inconsistencies with with last stand even though it's very minor so it doesn't matter too much but you've actually got the actress olivia williams is playing moira mctaggart in that whereas obviously when we go to fe- uh, days of future um sorry not days of future past uh, first class, class which yeah. is obviously back in the 60s you've got rose byrne um, playing the same character you, you know and clearly there wasn't that sort of age difference so um you, you know it's 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 all a bit twisted anyway and, and the other the other thing i find interesting on clive's point about accents is that the, the, the whole the whole series is a bit all over the place with accents because um obviously when they when they originally cast uh first class uh when brian you know singer was involved in that obviously the casting um they did try and get you know very much um younger actors that that could be believable as sort of younger versions of 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 the the actors that had played them in the original uh trilogy however um and i remember seeing michael fassbender uh interviewed about this um when they started filming it, uh, it was Matthew Vaughan's decision to, oh, this is a reboot, so ignore the past. And he actually said to um, uh, Fastbender, don't play it like Sir Ian McKellen, make it your own, make it totally your own, okay? However, then when it came back to Days of Future Past and uh, Brian Singer was back in the helm, he was telling um, Fastbender and McAvoy and whatever to essentially you know, act like young versions of Patrick Stewart and Ian McKellen. So it, it, it is it is a bit all over the place. You listen to Fastbender's accent in First Class compared to uh, uh, Apocalypse and Days of Future Past. It's very different. <laughs> so, but hey, timelines change everything, right? <laughs> Seems so. Not if you treat them as individual stories. <laughs> so um, we've... All of us have seen Logan, yes? Indeed. Yes. Yep. Yes. And what did you guys think of it? I loved it. Loved it. Um, yeah. Completely left field uh, to me. Uh, we're back to the trailer again today. And I went, yeah, same uh, uh, same shivers down my back again. Yeah. It's, it's so nice to have a proper, you know, R-rated superhero, intelligent superhero movie. Um, that totally delivered I thought I mean here's the thing with the Wolverine series Um, obviously we've already talked about how the first one didn't really work and I don't completely blame Gavin Hood for that because um, you know he has done good films both before and since and uh, I think from from store I've I've seen him interviewed on stage and uh, there was a hell of a lot of studio interference during the making of, of, of Wolverine uh, X-Men Origins. And I think, you know, the problem was more with the script than, than, than direction. But I have to say, James Mangold, uh, I am a massive fan of right back from Copland and Identity and 310 to Yuma. And obviously he got some critical acclaim of Walk the Line. And I think the job he's done on both the Wolverine and Logan um, has been fantastic. So, uh, you, you know, I, I really rate him as as a, as a good, serious director. You know what I mean? And I'd like to ch- chip in with the fact that uh, I think um, Hugh Jackman and 
um, Patrick Stewart both uh, are let loose and uh, get their acting chops on, and that they're actually able to both physically as well as uh, not normally you know in in their stage very um, staged acting uh, through some some of the um, earlier movies that the they you know, um, Hugh Jackman can play uh, Wolverine's uh, pain and. <clears throat> Um, you know, Patrick Stewart plays um, Professor X with, with a bit more humour, but actually, you know, a man uh, at the end of his days as well. So, um, yeah, emotionally, this is uh, the film that, that, that touched me the, uh, the most. Uh, I kept on reading and ignoring the, the, the violent element of it. And fine, but I really just got the more the, the, the human and the, and the, the, the characters um, uh, of, um, of them. Um, you know, but it's still within... You know, a a movie, um, you know, format as well. You know, it's the end of a franchise, so there has to be some some action sequences and you know explosions and the like. But actually, you know, there, there was a fair few surprises also um, with the character choices too. But no, I I, I was talking to somebody the other day um, saying about <coughs> award season and and why. Uh, Hugh Jackman wasn't up for at least uh, um, some uh, critical acclaim or, or, or some nominations there. So again, just yeah, physically the way he he plays Logan and Logan in this, uh, um, I thought it was actually quite powerful. Certainly, Clive. What did you think? I thought it was very good. I did think that it was that for me it was a little bit overhyped. I don't. I don't think. I personally don't think it's a great movie. Uh, I I enjoyed it. I thought there's a lot of good things in it, but it's not. I, I thought there were, there were for me there are a few flaws. I mean, you know, it's. I think Hugh, Hugh Jackman is great in it. I think uh, you know, it's nice to see him. Uh, well, nice. Uh, uh, the whisker sounded like a horror movie <laughs> sicko. It's nice to see a movie where where he actually where because he, he, he rewatching these films, he's he properly is killing people all the way through and plunging his claws deep into people's chests, but there's just no blood coming out. And in this movie, they have all the blood. Um, so, you know, that it sort of, it brought home and, and the, all the sort of tying it back to the Western and Shane and, uh, and things like Unforgiven. The idea that killing actually matters in this is good. You know, I felt it slightly lost its way when it became X-Men babies at the end. Um, no, um, I have to say well, that, if, that's just how that's just how I I, I read it. Well, the, the thing is, it's still going with the Western motif. Have you ever seen the Cowboys? I've I've not. I've seen okay. yeah. I've seen the I've seen the Shootist. I've seen you know sort of those some of those autumnal that, ones. That but. that's a nod to the Cowboys. And uh, if you've certainly seen City Slickers, haven't you? I have. Yes. <laughs> City Slickers is based on the Cowboys. Okay, it's it's a weird remake of it. But for me, it doesn't make it good just because it's a nod. Um, but I... I'll, I'll take your word for it. <laughs> but no, I I I really enjoyed it. Um, I have to say, the Wolverine films um, haven't been that good. I mean, the the Wolverine was all right. It had an interesting concept, which again, uh, you know, they did do in this film. The whole idea of his uh, healing ability not working, but um, in the Wolverine, it kind of 
I don't think it works so well as it does in this film. I think in in uh, Logan, you know, it you can really you've seen somebody who's been you know he he's he's dying literally being poisoned and he's sort of coming to the the end of his life and he is kind of you know living with the fact that he you know all this stuff he's done you know all, all these people he's killed just to follow on that from uh there simon um, yeah I, I while i was watching it i was thinking of him as um uh, the old soldier, the, the guy who is going back and regretting. I know you've got an Unforgiven there as well as a, you know, the old cowboy, and yeah, the killer. But actually, I, I just, I don't know, I was just reading The Wolverine, but Logan there being this old soldier who really is tormented by his past uh, and his body showing the fact that not only has he been going out there killing people, others have tried to kill him as well uh, and haven't, but he's now battered and bruised. I then went back to the Wolverine. I think that there's a bit of a, they try to uh, have a theme in there of him being, you know, the old, the, the soldier and, and the like, but it didn't quite play out as well as this one, mm. uh, as in, as in Logan then. So yeah, no, I, I agree with you there. It was just that, uh, you know, trying to find some redemption really. Um, he does, um, in the end, um, you know, to his uh, detriment, where well, uh, he you know, loses his life, spoiler alert, but yeah. maybe he has found his peace now. And um, that was that came through from, uh, I thought, great writing. But again, Hugh Jackman just playing um, Logan rather than just the, the Wolverine this time, but Logan um, a, a, in a more human uh, way. Uh, you know, with a heart rather than it just be being a a X man or, or killing machine. Yeah, no, I I agree with that completely. I mean, I think what they got they they got the balance very well in this film because you know on one hand you have sort of severed limbs and severed heads and blood and guts and you know you you see the damage that uh, the Wolverine uh, can actually do with his with his claws and stuff. Um, but on the other hand, you you totally have the the, the, the human elements there. Um, it was a great swan song for both um, you know Charles Xavier and Logan in this film. And one of the things I really liked, and again, great acting on both parts, but um, was the fact that when you know again, spoiler alert, folks, but when when um, when Wolverine buries. Um, uh, uh, Charles, um, that scene where he just cannot find any words, uh, you, you know, and he goes and beats the shit out of the the truck instead. Um, I really like that because they could have made it, you know, hammy and corny and had this speech, you know, because they'd known each other for twenty years and you know all all of this sort of thing. And uh, I couldn't quite make out. I've seen it twice now, and he does try and say something a couple of times, but can't before he breaks down and i haven't quite been able to figure out what he's trying to say um but uh but 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 you know i i think the fact that they went there and and they went that way with it um was was a really really you know bold and and brave choice to to do it that way and not make a big thing of it you know so do you think this is this is it for Hugh Jackman. No more Wolverine. No more cameos. Well, he's been doing it for seventeen years, hasn't he? And um, I don't know. <laughs> They'll be wheeling him out uh, in his seventies. Uh, there'll be a spoof, and um, there he'll be in the background. 
um, with I don't know kitchen knives or forks for for things. <laughs> Somebody will find a way. Yeah, yeah. Everything's for sale these days, guys. They're, 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 you know, everyone's got a price. They're, they'll probably wheel him out and uh, have him there. So it'd be a shame. But um, yeah, not, not not to close the book on this uh, epic journey of his. Uh, I mean, he does hold the record, doesn't he? Now for the, I think it is. He's the most, the most times he's reprised, um, you know, a role in a superhero film. I think he now holds holds the record for that. I believe. Um, okay. I may be wrong. Uh, there may be somebody out there that will correct that, but I, I, I think he does. Um, and uh, you, you know, you know, I, I thought the film worked. It, if I had to be nitpicky about a few things, um, I would say that. Uh, you know, this is obviously supposed to be set in 2029. And apart from his 25 um, Mercury, you know, vehicle that he's got and the fact that there are the driverless um, trucks, uh, the rest of it all seems very now right down to the, 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 the smartphones that they're using. It didn't sort of feel particularly futuristic from that point of view. But I don't really think that mattered. I just think it was just an observation. Um but uh, but but yeah, I I I thought this was really well done, and um, uh, I, I thought it was a great way to sort of end this character this character's journey. Really, could, could I just ask? Because I didn't uh, I didn't uh, see any of the background of it. I just saw there was a Logan film coming out. I went to watch it, so I don't actually have anything any, too much background. But Stephen Merchant is Caliban. It was like yes. That's Steve Merchant. <laughs> I, nearly shout, I nearly shouted out, embarrassing myself in public. But um, but, but I did stop. Uh, you'd be glad to hear. Um, where do you come from? <laughs> Won't anybody know the choice there? Because for me, it worked. It was such a big one of the biggest surprises of the uh, the film. A mutant yes. with a Bristolian accent. Very Go much so. It. Yes. The, the surprise <laughs> is that Stephen Merchant actually could be in a could be good in something. That's the surprise. <laughs> so, he, he had a bit of a cameo in Hot Furs, uh, if that counts. He was funny yeah, but I mean, <laughs> I, I'm not a fan of Stephen Merchant. I mean, Stephen Merchant oh, okay, okay. always plays Stephen Merchant. Yeah, check out <laughs> Hello Ladies, great series. <laughs> but, okay, yeah. no, I was just wondering because again, it was just yeah, left field completely. More than you know, seeing Richard E. Grant be a bit uh, sly and menacing. Uh, no, it was just yeah, he, he he was again one of those that thankfully didn't uh, distract too much and uh, had a couple of chuckles in there a couple of funny lines so no it was, it was okay well well that character was in x-men apocalypse as well right? in- a younger version yeah. yeah okay yeah yeah, yeah. taking money to uh, find uh, mutants yeah so another one that ages slowly then even though he can't go out in the sun that, that's that's why he ages slowly i guess because the sun doesn't Age's skin, right? <laughs> but um, uh, I'll tell you what, though. On the Wait a minute. Of didn't, sorry, can I just let's go back there for a second? Didn't he die in Apocalypse? Oh, I don't know. I, I think he did. I think he got killed off. If that's the same character, the. Uh, it is. Inf- well, then, then he got well, that's killed. That's a great mutant power, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> so, again. Well, but, well uh, yeah. I mean, like, Logan is kind of standalone, though, in, in, in a way. I mean, ooh, uh, no, and not, not just in, in the way that, that Graham is is viewing all the movies as standalone, <laughs> which is probably very wise. But, no, in terms of the, the whole bit of, oh, yeah, they, there's, there's X-Men comics and that never happens. It's all, like, myths of, of what actually... Re- 
so the idea is you know that the previous movies are versions of of the story but they're not the real story you know if you see what i mean yeah actually what did you think of that having the comics referencing in the actual um you, you know uh universe that's set up actually the comics being part of it what 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 do you think of that i kind of liked it i mean i know it's not the first time it's been done but i i do kind of like it what, what did you think i was fine with it it, it worked for me totally it, it was it was an nice slant um uh, you know logan could play off the fact it's not real and, and he was trying to you know the, the film was trying to be a bit more re- realistic and then you have this fantastical uh, you know, format these stories uh, for kids, uh, kind of thing. So no, I thought that worked really well. Yeah, us as comic book fans as well, we kind of uh, had a bit of a, a bit of a nod there, a bit of a wink to to that. But no, I, I thought it worked really well. Something yeah. different. No, I thought they were saying more that the the the, the films were real compared to the, these comic books. So I, I don't think it was like saying that the the films weren't that that way. I was more of a sort of I don't know a commentary about the comic books in some sense. But I mean within this within the world of this film, I think it it works fine. I mean it's um, it's not too meta. No, no, I, I thought they'd done it. I thought they they'd handled it quite well. I tell you what, on the on the sub, this is a slight aside, but on mm-hmm. the subject of casting, because I do want to say this. I really think the guy, Boyd Holdbrook, who played Donald Pierce, the head of the Reavers, mm-hmm. in my opinion, should have played Kyle Reese in Terminator Genesis and not Jai Courtney, because I, I, I think that he was way more believable as a Michael Bean um, Kyle Reese <laughs> uh, person than, than Jai Courtney was. But I just wanted to say that as an aside. There you go. <laughs> right. and, and my aside would be that they shouldn't have made it in the bloody first place. <laughs> so it doesn't matter who they cast in the damn thing. It was going to still be awful. I mean, this is this is the thing. I mean, it's uh, a lot of this retconning that's going on within films and franchises and stuff it, it is a bit... It, is, it can be a bit annoying if you have followed the the series along what they did to the terminator films i i was i was annoyed at and uh you know and we know simon yeah we know we've we've had your rant on this yeah so that's why i'm not gonna <laughs> that's why i'm not gonna go there but um i mean I, but the thing with the x-men films is that they're as it goes along as the series goes along it keeps getting retconned and retconned and uh I mean, what what do you guys think is the future of this of series of films then? Well, I mean, Brian Singer says on the this is geeky. I'm sorry, but Brian Singer says on the commentary of um, uh, X Men Apocalypse, he's with Simon Kinsberg, who's obviously kind of the the, the, the if you like showrunner of those films, and um, uh, they've sort of said that the setup at the end of X Men Apocalypse is kind of their way of of starting again starting fresh you know the x-men are just starting and the the adventures you know happen from that point on and that's kind of what the film was was designed to be and uh you know that that the, they've they've got that license because of what they did in days of future past so um i mean i mean on that whole thing of ownership by the way uh, we were talking about the mcu and whatever i mean quite an interesting little tidbit is Fox Studios actually own the term mutant, all right, which is why when you see um, 
Quicksilver in in the MCU one, they refer to it as miracles because they couldn't use the word mutant. And I think that's that's kind of interesting how these uh, how these studios really take ownership of their their products, you know, mm. to, to that level. Because of course, it's a massive revenue generator for them. But uh, but yeah, I, th- I think they're going to carry on and and just sort of you know carry on with that young new cast that they uh they introduced in apocalypse um well, well keith uh, just reading uh, on imdb on uh, lauren schuller donner's page uh yeah. she you know the producer of all the movies including uh, legion uh, tv series yeah? yeah um apparently we've got x-men the new mutants we've got x-force gambit constant two Okay, and then uh, X Men Supernova and uh, Deadpool two coming up. So you and know, it will go on and on and on. Yeah, yeah so she's. It seems if she's already lined up. Well, they've got to compete. X Men. They've got to compete with Disney and and you, you know and and a whole other podcast. We won't go there, but you know, obviously, this is what Warner and DC are trying to do as well. And um, you, you know, it, it's 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 business at the end of the day, but. But for us, sort of fans and and geeks, it's 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 you know more movies for us to talk about. So it's all good, I guess. <laughs> what do you guys think? Rocking, love it. Bring it on. So, Clive, what's your thoughts about the the future of the X Men uh, series? Then, um, well, I, in in the near future, we're going to get more spin offs, aren't we? Um, and uh, you know, Cable's going to come in. We haven't really talked about Deadpool. But Cable's going to come into the Deadpool movie. Uh, everything's basically everything is going to get more nineties, I think. Uh, uh, you know, because the uh, you know Apocalypse was set in the eighties, so I mean, you're going to you're going to get a lot more sort of nineties characters coming in, I think. But then, I think it's eventually uh, we're likely to see. Uh, I think we're going to see Avengers versus X Men. Because okay. that, that was a, that was a, that was a big mm. comic book storyline, and I think you know if you just said a couple of year, a few years ago that that Spider Man would end up in the MCU, we would have gone oh no way you know look at they've got all these these uh, spin off movies playing with Venom and people like that, uh, and now they're making another Venom movie. But it, it sort of it just goes to show it, it where there's mo- where there's money in it, it's going to happen. So I think maybe after the events of Infinity War, when perhaps, you know, you've got new, fresh, uh, you know, Avengers sort of going on and maybe they've got a new, fresh lot of X-Men, then that's how they get people interested again, assuming that there hasn't been a sort of massive sort of fall in the whole super, superhero genre at that point. But yeah, I wouldn't be surprised to see X-Men versus... Uh, uh, versus Avengers at some point. Well, isn't they say um, you you know that um, a genre is sort of running its course when they start bringing out the versus films? Well, yeah, I, I mean, I don't know. I mean, obviously Spielberg has been saying that you know he feels that the superhero movie is in danger of going the way of of, of like the western, you know, back in the in the fifties. Um, you, you know, where where we're going to become over flooded with it, but. Um, you know, uh, they've they've got you know Marvel, Fox, uh, Warner, all of them. They seem to have um, you know timelines going at least for the next sort of decade with 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 proposed movies and you know with some of them multiple movies per year. So um, 
so so you know it's all going and it, interestingly i mean uh, again in terms of timeline and where it sits i haven't quite figured it out yet but um uh there won't be any spoilers here but but noah hawley who was responsible for bringing fargo um to as a television series for the coen brothers he is the showrunner for the legion series which is massively artistic i mean it deals with you know astral planes and and different perceptions of memory and uh it's very artsy with with shifting aspect ratios and all sorts of things and it is very interesting and but where that's going to sort of tie in with it all because apparently it will um is is another thing to to watch out for um but it's a it's a it's a cable show so it's a little bit more uh more 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 daring than, than than a normal network tv show yeah okay before we move before we move on i just want to put my 10 pence in and say that um i think even even though hugh jackman may be finished with the x-men franchise i don't think the x-men franchise is finished with him i think they will <laughs> i think they will bring him back and they will do a rogue one with him it'll be another actor but it will be his his face there, because at the end of the day, who are you going to replace, Hugh Jackman? Who who would take his place playing Wolverine? Because I, I'm working on it. Um, I'm I'm I'm, I'm exercising <laughs> a lot more. <laughs> I, I, I have beards. Uh, I I've can got do, a great I, quiff. Can do, I can do two accents. Uh, one you're hearing now, and the other one I'll just um, uh, yeah, I'll just introduce uh, on the night. But uh, yeah, yeah, um, you know, I, I, I think I can be a contender. <laughs> I've got a great quiff and a motorcycle jacket. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah. about where it ends. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I, I gather every everybody enjoyed Deadpool, yeah. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Love the comics, and thank God they they did a heck of a great job with the uh, uh, with the with the movie. Um, I tell you, with the movie, um, it, even my wife loves the movie. Uh, I, I dared on a on a Friday night uh, show show the movie, thinking, okay, you know, is she? Yeah, absolutely adores it. Just laugh out loud from start to finish, uh, and some, you know excellent um links to um some of the comics as well and it just does its own thing mm. and um yeah um, and having yeah. now seen the, the trailer this week for uh <laughs> two and the, the uh, and the humor uh in that uh, again just yeah um, love it all over it i'm gonna get myself a, a deadpool tattoo <laughs> your, your your wife's interest wouldn't have anything to do with Ryan Reynolds by any chance, would it, Graham? Well, the fact he looks like a shaved testicle, um, <laughs> not <at all. laughs> I'll, I'll go ask her. <laughs> yeah, or the fact that I, I look really good in spandex. <laughs> oh dear, we're back to buns of steel territory, aren't we? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we never will. Uh, but I mean, if I have to say, if it wasn't for the success of Deadpool, I don't think uh, Logan would have been a rated R film. I think we would have, it, it would have been of the same sort of, you know, PG thirteen violence or twelve A violence, you know, very bloodless. So, I mean, it's one 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 of the great things it has done for the um, 
for the superhero film, it can shows that you can have a you know a proper adult rated R film and it will make money because God knows we've had a few attempts which just didn't pay off. Um, Spawn springs to mind straight away. <laughs> oh my God! Yeah, forgotten all about that. <laughs> but I mean, it was just. Uh, uh... Yeah, sorry, uh, sorry. Uh, uh, I was going to say I, I, have, I have a question, but sorry, fi- finish your thoughts, Simon. Sorry. Yeah, sure. I mean, um, you know, I just I loved, I, I really loved Deadpool, and uh, I just I loved it, the the commentary it had on the the other X Men films. It's like, are we talking Patrick Stewart or the other English guy, Stewart or McAvoy? <laughs> <laughs> Go on, Clive. Uh, yeah, I was going to say I have a question for you guys, um, which is, you know. Fan- we're in complete sort of fantasy movie territory now. Uh, is there anything from you know from that you've seen in comics or cartoons in the past that you'd love to see in a future X Men movie, or maybe something from a past X Men movie you'd like to see done better or well, uh, or or or, a, or like a comic book storyline? Is there anything you know? What would you like to see in a future movie? We've done what we think is going to happen. But what, what, you know, in your fantasy world where you're suddenly you get control of the X-Men fr- uh, franchise and decide what story is going to be next or what characters are going to be in the next movie, uh, what would you do? Well, I think they need to do um, as the next big bad is Mr. Sinister. I think they, they haven't done, they, they've never sort of attempted him. And I think now that they've done Apocalypse, he's sort of the next one they can do. I think that's interesting. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, um, like I said at the beginning, I'm not a massive um, comic books aficionado on all the sort of different stories, uh, but know some of the characters. But what what I what I think I would like to see, and um, it, it is to see whether because because Fox own this property, to see whether they could somehow get the Fantastic Four involved in one of these movies, but actually make it good you know, <laughs> and sort of have the X-Men characters and the Fantastic Four characters um, in some sort of crossover movie together while, while Fox owned the rights to them. You know, I think that would be cool if they could do it, but uh, who knows? I mean, there was talk that the last movie was supposed to be in the X-Men universe, but then that, that everybody sort of denied that now since the movie was a bit of a flop. <laughs> so... <laughs> Uh, I'm, I'm to, to chip in. Uh, I'm just interested in uh, where they're going to go with Gambit. Um, basically, he, he had a, yeah, a starring ro- role or more of a cameo, really, in um, was it uh, Origins, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, Wolverine there, and yeah. I thought, yeah, yeah, it's, it's some, it's some real good as a nugget there. Um, and I'm not sure who's going to play Gambit or or the like, but I think as a character, they, they really could uh, hit big uh, there. Really, really get into a rich seam of um, of uh, of stories there. So I look forward to that. Other than that, I'll just keep on uh, trucking with the X Men. Deadpool, um, uh, huge fan. Yeah, ho- hope they can make two um, as um, as funny as. Uh, as different, unique, and um, action-filled as the first, I, I hope they really can do that and not go too crazy. Um, if they've got cable, if they've got cable in it, then it is going to get 
uh, crazy, especially sort of timelines and stuff. Because yeah, Cable's a character that comes from the future to the past and stuff. But their relationship is so is so excellent in some of the comics too, yeah. where yeah. Um, they really are at loggerheads and really, but they they do get to work together. But Cable really just. Yeah, yeah, um, almost at his wit's end with with, with Deadpool and how, how Deadpool just goes off tangent, you know? It's a lot, it could be a lot of fun there. And yeah. Graham, according to IMDb Pro, uh, it's Channon Tatum who's playing Gambit. Ooh, okay. Oh, somebody with it. Yeah, yeah, okay. Physically, yeah, okay. Bit of a big guy, Gambit isn't, but no, uh, somebody <laughs> who can act. Great. Looking forward to even more then. And what about what about you, Clive? You asked the question. What's, what would you like to see storyline-wise? I did. I mean, uh, you know, this part, this part of me would like to see the Dark Phoenix story done properly um, at, at some point. It's maybe still a bit too soon, but uh, at some point, I'd like, you know, that would be nice. Uh, but then it's just like sort of favourite characters that you have that either have appeared once and then disappeared or or just not appeared at all. I mean, you know, uh, I, I, you know, what can I say? I, I, I do like, my, I do like my slightly cheesy X-Men characters. So uh, any, you know, so Dazzler would be great to see in the movies. Uh, and plus she can do, she can do all the songs she can do the theme song. So there you go. It's a win-win. Are you saying Adele is going to be in a new X-Men movie? <laughs> Adele. <laughs> Adele as Dazzler. Well, that, that would be interesting casting. <laughs> I have to say, in terms of casting, by the way, um, and I'm not taking anything away from the actress because I'm sure she's very good, but the the young actress from from Game of Thrones that they cast as as Jean Grey um, in uh, Apocalypse, um, I could not buy that she will grow up to be Famke Jansen in the slightest. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, uh, that, that, that was one. Most of the casting, I think they're quite good with that sort of stuff, but... That one, I was like, mm, no, I, I don't sort of buy that. But the actress is very good, and that's what matters. So, you know. <laughs> yeah, well, as you say, they're they're certainly going now the, the separate way from the original trilogy. So More comic booky y because they are sort of wearing the, the yellow and blue stuff as opposed to the, like you said at the beginning, about the leather and, and black leather and trying to tone down that whole thing i think it has gone because probably of the success of the marvel movies it has gone more comic booky nowadays you know yeah yeah i mean it's it's still not i mean it, it the, the, again it's, it's it's still not as colorful as the, the 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 comic books i mean they they've added a bit of color to those suits but they still are kind of more on the leather side right that's what I felt <laughs> seeing it. And it, I mean, you only see them for a few seconds anyway in the new uh, uniform. So this is true. Yeah, and they can't have any metal in them. Otherwise, Magneto will just uh, be able to control them. Yeah. And no to leather, no to uh, dead animal skins, people. <laughs> neoprene. That's the future. Neoprene. <laughs> Do they have neoprene in the nineties? Uh. They can make it up. They can like, come up with a new, um, <laughs> a new fabric, a wool blend of sorts. Well, I, I, actually, one of the things they did research and get right was, and, and I was quite impressed by this. Um, the obviously in first class, they've got the blue and yellow 
um, costumes, which are, of course, a, I, I get is a total nod and wink to the comics. But apparently the materials that were available at the time for those type of um, flight suits that they had were only available in blue and yellow. So it did actually work in reality as well, which I, I actually thought was quite cool. <laughs> nice. nice geek fact there. Thanks, for Keith. Excellent. <laughs> so, guys, uh, final thoughts on the X Men series? Oh, I love it. I, I, you know, I, I, I like the ten movies that there are. I'm enjoying Legion at the moment, and um, I'm happy to see new movies. So, um, you, you know, all good. But I do see it as a separate thing currently to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. They're 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 two things that. I enjoy both, but they exist in their own little worlds as far as Keith's headcanon goes. Okay. <laughs> uh, I'd be um, uh, it, really pleased that what they're doing now with uh, Deadpool, Logan, Legion is being a bit different while still having uh, some, some of the uh, X-Men um, elements as well, you know, the X-Men comics coming through a bit more, some more of the characters coming through. So you've got your staple um, stories and characters there. Uh, but I'm really enjoying how uh, there's actually something a, a, a bit different. I know, um, you know it, with, the, with the Marvel TV series with um, Daredevil, for instance, and then... Um, <laughs> Uh, you know, Luke Cage. They're, they're trying something different, so I'm really enjoying the fact that they're not just sticking to the same formulas. Yeah, so more of the same there. Um, I, you know, I'll be going to the cinema. I'll be paying more through uh, streaming, Amazon, Netflix, what have you, to to watch them. So please, there. But yeah, if it comes a bit too much, like as Clive said, um, X Men Babies, then yeah, uh, they'll lose an audience member here. And Clive, I, I think it's an interesting series of movies. It, it is almost like you know, like it, the, the franchise is like Wolverine in that it has this incredible healing power to come back from really terrible movies. Because uh, <laughs> I, 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 personally, I don't love all ten movies. There are three of them I think are, are rubbish. Uh, but but uh, but you know, <laughs> but but, there, but equally, there's some ver there are some really strong movies as well, and there's some really and even in even in the rubbish ones, there are good scenes and good moments and good sort of, especially if you're fans of the if you're a fan of the comic book, you're going to get something out of them. I was surprised how much I actually enjoyed revisiting Last Stand, which isn't a good movie by any stretch of the imagination. And, and just look at any scene with Juggernaut in there if you want uh, evidence of that. But uh, but you know, the, the, but the, there are there are good moments and. You know, and there are some really strong films in this. You know, I, I think First Class is is uh, very well named, um, and I think uh, you know, I think Logan is very good. I think Deadpool's very good. Uh, I think uh, Days of Future Past is is frustrating because it's almost very very good, but it has some flaws. Uh, X Two is or X Men Two, as they seem to have renamed it, is. Uh, it hasn't aged that well, but but it's still a very it's still a very strong movie. And you know, I think overall, you know, there's a lot to enjoy. And and you know, and you've got to tip your hat to uh, to Hugh Jackman just for the sheer consistency of of what he's doing, even as he's been subjected to incredible changes in hairstyle 
and uh, you know, and and the movies around him are, are of variable quality. He's just been, you know, uh, sort of held. He has held it together. So it's be fascinating to see what happens going forward with you know Son's Wolverine, at least for a bit, anyway. Well, yes, because uh, I don't. I, well, it'd be interesting to see how they do without Wolverine. But I, I imagine his uh, he he'll he'll come back in in one way or another in some sort of uh, uh, disguise or you know some form. Um, yeah, I mean it's it's one of those series where you know for every good film there's a bad film, <laughs> and uh, as much as it's uh, I didn't think it started off very well. It's 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 sort of it's it's come together and you know it's it's some decent films in there i mean i i wouldn't go out and own every one of them but there's 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 quite a few that i would and uh you know let's uh, let's see what the uh, next lot of films are like so um thank you so much um graham and clive for coming on thank you you're welcome having us yeah um uh, graham is there are you on social media? Can people find you via Twitter or Facebook? They will not find me on Facebook. Uh, Twitter, uh, I am there and, and do and do follow. Um, but uh, I'm more of a hid, hidden figure, uh, gents, uh, and uh, quite picky with with, uh, uh, with contacts and the like. Um, uh, so, have you got preserving your secret you... identity, Graham? Have you got anything that you're working on that you can tell us about, Graham? Uh, not, not at this uh, moment in time, but uh, um, when uh, work and uh, release, uh, you'll get to know. Cool. Says Luke KG there. <laughs> Very KG. Uh, Clive, where can we find out about your work? Uh, you can uh, go onto Vimeo. I have a page there. Search under Clive Ashton and you'll find me. And uh, are you on Facebook or Twitter? Uh, I'm on on Facebook. I'm I'm not on Twitter at the moment. Okay. And uh, Keith, where can people find your work? Yeah, if you go to YouTube and put in British Isles, spell E-Y-L-E-S, as in my last name, uh, there are some films that I've made there. And if you want to see other stuff that I'm doing, um, look up Keith Isles on IMDb. And as always, you can find my work on uh, independentrunnings.com. Uh, you can listen to this podcast via iTunes, Stitcher, YouTube, or all good podcast providers. Uh, you can follow us on Facebook or Twitter. Just search Movie Heaven, Movie Hell. And uh, please leave us a rating and review on iTunes or Stitcher. It all helps. Thank you so much for joining us for this uh, X-Men uh, special. And uh, join us again for the next episode of Movie Heaven, Movie Hell. Excelsior! Ha, 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 ha.